Welcome, I'm Julie Bacon, and you're listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast, a podcast for dog handlers who are on a mission to achieve big goals. I will share lessons, insights, personal stories, and tools you can apply during your next show, trial, or test to help you strengthen your mental game and hopefully cue more consistently. So if you are ready to improve your competitive mindset, get out of your own way, and connect with your dog like never before, then it's time to get comfy, bring an open mind, and work your mindset. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. All right, this week we're talking about how we respond. And if you think about it, if you really zoom out, one of the ways we could, I guess, look at life is it's all about responses. It's all a series of responses. Something happens and we respond. Something else happens and we respond. And sometimes we're the thing that happens, right? We make something happen. We put something into motion. We do a thing. Um, and then something happens and then we respond, right? So that it really is one way to look at, I don't know, all things life really is it's a series of responses. And sometimes it's our responses that put us in a place of success, right? We take advantage of an opportunity. We are able to, in terms of, you know, handler performance, we're able to perform when something happens. Maybe we're able to perform in a crazy situation that others can't, right? We're, we're able to really step up uh, or in a finals or in some big event, right? There's a whole host of I don't know, we could spend like eight hours on all the examples, unnecessary. Um, But if you think about it, everything is a response. And once we take action, then there is a consequence. It's it's in taking no action that we aren't doing anything. Obviously, we're not doing anything, but meaning we're not taking control, we're not responding, uh, we're not setting things forward, we're not taking control. And of course you know, fear pops up when we don't feel in control, when we feel like life is happening to us and we don't have the proper response maybe, or we don't know what to do. And so we got to a point in a coaching call recently where the person, we, we got down through all the things and we talked about outcome goals and process goals and things that we wanted to happen and, and things that we wanted to work on all that. But at the end of it, Really, what I said was that, you know what, all of the skills, all of the practice, all of the things, both of you, you and your dog, you've got this, you've done the things. When you talk to me about all of your plans, you have a, you have a plan, you have a plan for everything. You have an outcome goal, you have a process goal, you have skills goals, you've done all the work. The only thing left to do is figure out how you, the person, the handler, uh, that the teammate with the with the thinking brain um, is going to respond. And it was kind of a, an interesting way that we, you know, as coaching calls sort of wander here and there, but it was kind of an interesting way that we came to it because the only part of the plan that this person was lacking was how she was going to respond when, you know, fear, uncertainty, doubt crept in. And so I, she was like, well, well, do you have any tools for that? And so we talked through a few things. And then she said, well, do you have a podcast on that? I'm like, no, but I'm about to make one. <laughs> so here it is. So um, so that's where this comes from. And I think it's, it's interesting to just kind of pause and, and replay that for a second in that 
you know, we can have a plan for our dogs. We can have a plan for the course, the moment, the day, our, have our rituals really buttoned up and, and really know how we're going to spend our morning and how we're going to get our dogs ready. And we're really focused on the process goals. And then when we get the feelings, when we get nervous, when we feel the, those ring nerves creeping in, the performance anxiety, the, um, you know, things are happening on the outside maybe, or, you know, someone shows up to watch ringside and that makes us nervous or whatever. You know, we got to remember that nerves, fear, anxiety, performance anxiety, all of those things are a form of fear. No, you are not running from a bear, uh, but it is still a form of fear. And, you know, we've I've done some podcasts and some certainly some blog posts and things about, you know, what fear does to our bodies. And the truth is fear can take us out of our thinking brains, right? Our frontal cortex. And it really puts us in a position of reactivity, but not in a controlled way, more in a, you know, oh my God, you know, the, the, the fear kicks in and the, the brain, the amygdala that your lizard brain sort of says, oh my God, we're in trouble, you know, cue the heart rate, cue the faster breathing, cue a flood of hormones and, um, and actually divert blood flow away from the brain and to the big muscle groups because we might have to take flight. And so there is a physical response that happens when fear is introduced into the equation. And of course, the bigger the fear, like if you have just some butterflies, that might be one thing. You're still able to maybe, you know, get back to yourself, call yourself back to thinking and 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 being really present. Um But if the fear or the anxiety is really up there or really kind of gets away from you, it gets harder to get back to center. And what we need to do always is we always need to be getting back to the present and getting back to our frontal cortex really um, working, like firing on all cylinders, because that's where we can think through problems. That's where we can take control of our breathing. That's where we can invoke mantras or, you know, visualizations or get out that those three by five cards that I'm such a fan of and are remember. But we can't do that if we're not thinking, right? And fear literally can take the thinking away from us, right? It's not your imagination that you walk into a ring or something and, and like, you know, I've, I've had clients tell me they, they didn't remember. They didn't remember what happened next. And it's really because that fear has really taken hold. So this is not necessarily about fear and how we get control of that. There are other things to, talk, to listen to about that. But what I really want us to understand is when you make a plan to walk in the ring and you are, you know, maybe it's a really big weekend coming up or like a return from rehab or, you know, just a, just a trial you really want to do well at. It doesn't have to be the nationals or anything or even a regional. Um, but you have to really think through what is your mental plan to. You have to have a mental responsive plan. I don't that those words don't really slide together very elegantly, but like you have to have a plan for how you are going to respond to certain events. We've talked, I've did a whole podcast on how you might respond to like toxic people, you know, hanging around the ring or something. And that that's great. And that, that works for that. But what is it that you need a plan for in the next trial you're going to? 
right? What is it? Do you need a plan for other people? Do you need a plan for how you respond? Um, And in this case, this person, it was, I need a plan for when I start to feel, quote, that way, right? And we all have a that way in our memory banks that we know what we're we're, we're talking about. What do I do? How do I stop it, redirect it, think it through? Because really what's happening in that moment is I think it's two things. When we first feel it, we felt this thing before and we don't want to feel it again, right? So then we kind of get afraid of the fear, <laughs> right? We get we think like, oh my God, like I, I feel those ring nerves creeping up. I don't want to be that way because sometimes if I'm like that, then, you know, I don't think as clearly and then I mess up and da, 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 da. And so we even become afraid of the being afraid. Do you see what I'm saying? And so that's not fun. And that spirals at a whole different acceleration level. Um, and part of, I think, what's underlying in that, and even in that example, is what we're afraid of in a lot of ways is repeating the past. Because we we're, we like have a memory. Well, like something happened or something didn't go that way. Or if we're in agility, like, yeah, but there was a time when, you know, the A-frame to the tunnel, you know, that setup really makes him jump his A-frame and he misses his contacts. Like, I don't want that to happen again. And we're really thinking about that. And we're really then starting to maybe freak out about it in our own way or obsess about something happening. And of course, we get to that part of the course and we're not set up for success, let's just say, right? So that's one thing. We're fearing repeating the past. The other thing I think happens and it's very closely related is, you know, some of the reasons we obsess about past mistakes is that in our in our hearts, in that like squishy, soft, you know, want it all love kind of place, we really wish we could have a do over, right? Wouldn't it be great to just have a do over? And so we're trying our best in a way when we re, when we obsess is we're trying to rewrite it. How can it turn out differently? How could I've made that not happen? Oh my, you know, I can't believe I did that. All of those things that get us spinning, you know, those things that get us, you know, reliving, you know, um, an event, you know, I had a different client who just really couldn't forgive herself for the mistake and just kept going over and over and over and over again. And as much as I would try to redirect her, she really was sort of stuck in that, you know, that rut, that groove, that record player that just was replaying that over and over and over again. And it's because she wanted it, she, she wanted it to turn out differently and she couldn't, right? She, you can't go back in the past, um, you know, even if you're Marty, um, you can't go back in the past. It's really just hard to to do that, right? So I think those are the two things that really... I don't know, amp up our ring nerves and our anxiety when we want to walk into the ring and do well. So when we have that or when we have a thing like that, you know, a lot of times what happens is, you know, maybe it's rally and it's a certain sign or maybe it's obedience. And, you know, every time the off lead healing or something, you know, you think that, oh, this is not going to go well. Um, and so we walk into the ring and before we do, we think, okay, well, I'm going to go practice. So you work on your skills. Great. And at home, it's great. You even go to like Home Depot or somewhere else and you can do it with distractions and you're like, I've got this. And then when you get there, you feel yourself like I can even feel it in my own body, you know, remembering past experiences. You feel in yourself, your whole body tense. 
you start to get nervous, you start to change, and of course you send those signals to your dogs. And, you know, sometimes people are not always motivated to change for themselves <laughs> or even for an outcome that they personally want. But a lot of times they're very motivated to change for their dogs. <laughs> so if you won't change for yourself, change for your dogs. Because what we are doing is we are sending all of those signals to our dogs. And further, you know, we don't really control the fact that our hormones kick in, right? We get this flood of cortisol and other hormones when we are under stress. And um, those things you know, those, those, those hormonal responses are things that dogs really pick up on. And so they're so subcon they're so sub subconscious, right? They're just happening, happening physiologically. So we really need to make sure that we are getting in front of those responses. And what it takes is having a plan because when you get into a situation and you don't have a plan, then you don't know what to do. Okay. Oh my God. I'm feeling it again. I don't know what to do. What is the tool? What am I supposed to be doing? Oh my God. It's happening. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's spin, 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 right? You can kind of see where that goes if you don't have a plan. So I am going to take a breath and get a sip of water and we're going to come back and we are going to figure out a plan. All right, I promise to make this super quick, but I've got to tell you what's going on in the Q membership. Each month, we tackle a different theme. In April, for instance, we took a look at our program, from what we feed to how we train. In July and August, the members are basically beta testing an entire masterclass on performing under pressure. And the last week of every month, we have a Zoom a group coaching call where we talk about the theme of the month, but we also get personal in terms of, you know, if there's a challenge that one of the members is facing that they want to talk about. The link to the membership is always in the show notes and there's a monthly and annual option. If you choose the annual, please be sure to put in the code QPODCAST, all one word, at checkout to get an additional month for free. Just my gift for listening. And don't forget, when you sign up, you get access to all the content going all the way back to April 2021, so you can binge to your heart's content. All right, enough about that. Let's get back to the show. Alrighty, let's talk about the plan. All right, so we know that we have a plan for our dogs. We have rituals set up for the day. We've trained, we've prepared. We're focused on process goals, not outcome. But what is our plan for ourselves? All right, so first of all, we have to have, and this takes some practice, but we have to develop some awareness for what are the early warning signs, right? What are the early signs, you know, before we get to the point where we are completely panicked? You know, there probably were some other signs beforehand that happened. You know, you didn't just go from zero to a thousand uh, in, in the time it took you to grab your leash and walk to the ring, right? It, there, there was probably some other signs. And so I want you to think about adding into your rituals, you know, we focused a lot on the dogs, truthfully, when I talk about rituals, because it's about kind of grounding and through those actions, it, it sort of grounds me too. And I take it, I take it for granted that within our rituals, I am probably doing things for me to settle me. And I think you need to think about what those are for you. So in our rituals, I would like to see you add in some things that are ensuring that you're checking in with yourself, asking, how am I feeling? How am I breathing? You know, even am I hot? Am I cold? Am I fed? Am I watered? You know, um, do I have all the right 
balance is just kind of physiologically. Let's start with like kind of the basics. And then uh, how am I feeling? Am I nervous? Am I checking in with myself? So you can be doing that without, I would prefer you do that actually without the dog, because I don't want, again, I want to minimize what is quote running down the leash to them. I want it to be more pure or more individual because you need to mind your side of the, of the fence, if you will, and your dog has to, has to do their thing. Um, so we have to really take control of our side first. So within your rituals, maybe have a ritual of like when you're walking, maybe you get all settled in at the gate and you're walking back to get your dog for the first time and just to take them for a, a walk to let them know where they are and what's going to happen today and all da, da, da. you know maybe that's the time where you're like okay self self I say you know how am I feeling how am I feeling excited am I feeling nervous like am, am I nervous about something like how am I feeling and I think that's a really important time to check in because typically first thing in the morning, we're a little bit on autopilot. Maybe um, we're not really super nervous yet because maybe our runtime is a, maybe anywhere from an hour to like four hours away, depending on the event. Um and so it's a good time to start to check in and then make it a, a point to check in at a few different times. So think about how your day is going to flow and think like, OK, I can check in in the morning first thing when I get there or maybe even as I'm driving to the tr to the event. Uh, and then maybe I can check in again when I'm, you know, starting to get organized or whatever. And then I can check in before I run. Like I just made that up. Like you have to kind of figure that out for yourself. But make sure that you are checking in because that's going to help you build awareness about how you're feeling and that's going to help you get in front of it. Because a lot of times we're missing those early warning signs, maybe because we're ignoring them or we're going on about our day or a million other reasons. And I need you to build self-awareness because if you're not missing the early signs, then you're sort of getting to a point where like, oh my God, I'm in trouble. I need, I need a life ring. I need help, whatever, whatever. And then we get a little bit panicky about the solution. All right. Because what remember, what we're trying to do in this conversation is it's how we respond. So if you have the self-awareness that you're starting to get amped up in a way that you don't like, right, because some people want to get a little energy going. Um, but if you're if it's uncomfortable, how are you going to respond? Right. This is what this whole podcast is about. OK, so. The first thing I loved, and I want you to practice, of course, always on the way to trial, and there are podcasts dedicated to this, um, and that is breathing. All right, so it sounds ridiculous, but one of the first things that happens when we start to feel any amount of performance anxiety or fear is we get a shortness of breath, uh, you know, we don't breathe as deeply, and that causes our heart rate to go up, and because we're not getting enough oxygen, and da 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 and course we all know we need oxygen to the brain and so breathing is one of the fastest ways to tell your body that you're safe right that you're okay that you're physically safe that you're mentally safe and that you are in control because to take control of something that is involuntary right breathing thankfully is something we don't really have to think about in order to do um, you know so to take control of something involuntary like that is more powerful than you probably think. And that is why if you scroll through some of these podcasts, I have some breathing exercises snuck in there because I really would like you to do some of that. So whether it's a um, 
you know, a box breathing where you go like in for four counts, hold for four counts, out for four counts, hold for four counts, hence the box, or triangle, in for four, hold for four, out for four, in for four, hold for four, out for four. So a little inverted triangle there. Um, whatever you do, whatever, even if it's just a few deep breaths, you make yourself take five long, deep breaths in and out. You are sending a very powerful signal to your body that you are in control even of the involuntary responses. And you kind of need to know that. You kind of need to know that as yourself. You need to know that your body needs to know that. It's important. Please don't underestimate that, right? Um, And you might even repeat to yourself like, I'm okay. I'm fine. We're fine. It's a dog show. I love, I'm happy I'm here, you know? So maybe this is a time that you're giving yourself a little pep talk, right? Or what would Julie say to me? What would the Q coach say to me, you know? Um, So maybe you're just kind of channeling me at that moment, if that's what you need, or some other very like happy, peppy cheerleader voice that you have in your life or in your, your mental committee, Um, that says that you got this, you've prepared, you've done the things, you've got this, all right? So breathing would be number one. The second thing, and this gets into a little bit of pre-planning, is have a mantra for your day. Have a mantra, um, you know, get out those, those quote, flashcards, those three by five cards. Have some things written down that you want to remember, that you want to remind yourself. In the case of this particular coaching call, the session with this person, one of the things I wanted to remind her of is, is, look, give yourself credit. You've done all the prep. You've done all the prep. You've trained. You've done skills. You've even recently been to another trial where you were able to put these skills in motion and you had the skills. Like you prove to yourself already that there's evidence, right? I like to talk about evidence, building positive evidence for ourselves. There's evidence that you can do this. It exists. The evidence exists. So you got to trust in the evidence. You got to trust in your training. You got to have faith in yourself. Um, you know, and faith uh, is something that, you know, sometimes hard to come by, you know, when we're, when we're spinning or we're feeling down or what have you. And so I said, you know, I have faith in you. Borrow my faith in you. If you don't have your own faith, borrow mine. And so that's another really cool thing. Borrow my faith in you. I, I have faith in every one of you listening that you can, you know, do whatever it is that you're setting out to do. And so have some like flashcards, some note cards at the ready, have a mantra that you say for the day. It could be, you know, I'm okay. I'm safe. We're having fun. That wouldn't be a bad mantra. Um, It could also be, I know what to do, right? Because sometimes when we're afraid of repeating a previous, previous mistake, right? Afraid of repeating the past, um, we need to turn it around and say, kind of thinking like, it's not, you can't, it's too far afield to go like, that'll never happen again. Um, Unless it was something weird, like a hot air balloon landed in the middle of your agility field, that probably won't ever happen again. But if it's something uh, more realistic, uh, you know, you need to give your mind something believable. So maybe all you say to yourself is, I know what to do. I know what to do. Like if this situation comes up again, I know what to do. And just even that little bit of a turnaround gives yourself faith in yourself to say like, yeah, it might happen again. Whatever it is, might, whatever scenario, the, you know, the dog walk to the tunnel, that, that might happen again, but I know what to do. 
I know how to handle this. I know how to step up, right? So that's actually a really good mantra for a lot of different things that might come up. Um, but I need you to think about what would what would be not only a pep talk to you in that moment, but what would be almost soothing? Because you're trying to calm yourself down. You know, you still want to be like properly like energetic for your run and all that, but you're trying to calm down your you know, your sympathetic nervous system. And so you want that you to tell yourself, I know what to do. I've got this. I've seen this before. You know, I've done this with other dogs. Um, whatever that is, that's what you need to do. So come up with some mantras and you might need a couple because it might be, you might look at that list of mantras and be like, mm, not feeling that one. Mm, can't get behind that one. Don't believe that one today. And you're like, oh, I know what to do. I can get behind that, right? So again, I'm not, I'm throwing one out there on the table for you and your brainstorming, but you need to plan. And in part of your planning is sitting down and brainstorming. Actually, this is your homework. I want you to brainstorm 10, 10 possible mantras. And some of them are going to be dopey, right? You're going to throw them out immediately, but that's okay. I want you to get your brain going. You know, those of you who resist the journaling process, um, just, you know, be, you know, I don't love the idea of you driving down the road and writing, you know, scribbling to the side. I've actually tried to do it once and I couldn't read my own writing when I was done. So it's kind of futile. But, um, you know, if, if something comes to you, write it in your phone. Is your, if you're at work all day today or just walking around, you've got your phone in your hand, start a note with like possible called possible mantras and just start brainstorming and make yourself get to 10 because then you will have choices when one is going to feel better than the other. Okay. All right. So that's two. You've got your breathing and you've got your mantra. Um, the other tool that you have, and there is a podcast dedicated to this, which is visualization. All right. Visualization done right uh, does take practice. All right. But if you are new to it and you're like, I'll try anything this weekend, I got it. You know, I've got a big weekend ahead of me. I'll do anything. Tell me, tell me. Um, then, um, the visualization that you're going to do is think about everything going right. So ideally you're able to visualize your run, you know, start to finish and it's beautiful and it's elegant and it's blissful and all that. But if you're new to visualization, visualizing an entire run, even if it's a 45 second agility run can be hard because we get to the part in the corner where we're like, oh shit, I don't know what to do here. Or, you know, I've made, oh, I've seen this before. You know, I don't know if I can get there in time to do the blind or whatever. And in other rings, heck, obedience, you're in the ring for like five minutes at least. Um, I know draft carding, I'm in the ring sometimes eight minutes. Um, you know, I mean, there's a lot of rings that you're in the ring a lot, a lot longer. And to visualize for eight minutes is unrealistic, is absolutely unrealistic. So I want you to visualize in shorter chunks. So even do a section. If you're in obedience, do the off-lead healing and then take a break and then come back to it or do just the figure eight. So break it up into chunks that are more realistic for you to hold your attention. Because a lot of visualization is about holding your focus. And we talk about building focus through meditation and other methods, but really we're talking about being able to focus for the length of a run. And in a lot of cases, 
it's too long for us at this point, right? I mean, it takes a long time to work up to being able to visualize an eight minute run because you should be doing that in real time. So therefore it should be taking like a long time, like almost eight minutes. So um, that's a little advanced if you're just starting this for the first time. So, but I do want you to visualize sections and I want you to visualize the thing that you're potentially is your Achilles heel, let's say, is your challenge. We're not going to call it a problem, but it's a challenge. Um, visualize it going perfectly. Visualize you, you know, setting up perfectly or lining up or, or, you know, if you're doing dog walk tunnels, seeing those feet come all the way down into the far reaches of the yellow before they launch forward into the tunnel. Or if you're doing a figure eight pattern in obedience and that's your, um, and that's your thing, you know, visualize that part of it going beautifully and elegant. And I want you, what makes visualization sticky is when you get the feelings and emotion into it. So how does it feel to be that like smooth and elegant? How does it feel when your dog is like perfectly connected to you and you're just like running it right through and everything, every foot that they put down is in the right place. How does that feel? And really sit with that emotion and enjoy that kind of flood of happiness, right? That happens when we, when, when that occurs, all right? The other part of visualization, I, if you are so, if you can't get there, right? If you can't quite visualize it going perfectly, then visualize the perfect response, right? So visualize you get there and, um, you know, even if your dog walk tunnel, right? I I know I'm just using a simple example, but um, even if your dog walk tunnel, you know, are you doing the big scream, (laughs) right? And you're able to correct it. And so you do the thing that you've been practicing and you do the correction that you've been practicing and it works, okay? I want you to see that when you inject your handling skills and inject your handling experience and you bring those skills to bear, it works. I want you to know that and see that happen in your visualization. So wherever you are in the ring, so maybe it is your figure eight and and um, you realize that, gosh, when I when I do like bring my head around, you know, that that post, of course, now it's a cone, um, bring my head around that cone and I look to the next cone, it really does help draw my dog around. Or for me, when I pull my freaking elbow in and not, and not, you know, uh, push them out so far, it really works, right? So I want you to see in your visualization those things that you've been working on probably at home, those correction things, those handling skills, those pieces of execution working, right? I want you to believe in it working. And if you have to run through like a practice session that you just did that went really well, do that. But I want you to see that it's working because I need you to have faith in your handling abilities. Because you are listening to this podcast, not because you don't have skills, but because you have the skills and you practice really hard and you have big goals and you are just trying to get the mental piece of it. Because you realize that the mental piece is so freaking powerful that sometimes it trumps the skills that we have, right? Sometimes our mental state overpowers whatever skills we have as handlers or our dogs have, or even the environment, or even the fact that we've been to this place a hundred times before and we've done well at it a hundred times before, we can get, quote, in our own way, right? And that's what that means to me, like getting in our own way means our mental state got in between the performance 
I know I can do and the skills I know I have and my ability to execute. Okay, so those would be my three things um, to do. I think they are, they all have weight. Um, I think what's most important about this in this whole podcast and, and everything I'm giving you and all these tools and everything is the theme really is, is like you have to plan your response. That's what we're doing, right? You're planning your response. You're planning like, okay, if this happens, what am I going to do? How am I setting myself up for success? If this setup in the ring is such that it sort of triggers my like bad memories and my concerns and my fears of like, oh my God, that's going to happen again. What am I doing to respond it? Am I going, am I looking at my phone and reading my mantras? Am I going back to the car and doing some breathing exercises to make sure that I am as like grounded, like feet on the ground, feel the earth beneath me sort of person that I can be for my dog, right? Am I using visualization? Am I imagining the way that it can go right? All right. So we need to plan for our weekends in ourselves and our responses, just as we just with just as much vigor as we plan the perfect jackpot, right? You know, get out the cooler, and that's all lined up. And the Yetis are in the freezer and the cooler is ready to go. And we do all this kind of stuff. But we are cutting corners when it comes to planning for our mental success. And that's what this is about needing to plan, put as much time and effort in this as you did practicing handling skills, right? Because again, going back to this one coaching call that we had, you know, the skills are there, the experience is there, the dog knows what it's supposed to do, the handler knows what it's supposed to do, like everybody knows their job, the um, environment is familiar, the situation is familiar, literally the last thing to plan for is the handler's response to the pressure and to the, you know, bubbling up of fear or ring nerves or anxiety. Right. And you have to remember that when we are faced with something that like an like, say, an obstacle or a a problem in the course that we've seen before and failed at before, it can become a trigger. Right. So we see it and we're like, oh, my God, this is like that time where I did the thing and it didn't work. And then this happened and it all went badly. Right. And we didn't cue. Okay, so. When we see ourselves working through that, we then build faith in ourselves that we can work through that or handle it completely different and avoid the situation altogether. But we have to have a little faith in ourselves that we are working on ourselves, that we are trying, that we are learning, and that we are getting better every day. And, you know, borrow the mantra. I know what to do now. Like, I know what to do. Bring it. Bring that challenge on. I know what to do now. I've got a plan for that now. I didn't have a plan before, but I've got one now. So I want you to think about how you will respond. So as you are driving to the trials today and um, you hopefully have a fantastic weekend, you know, make sure that you have yourself in your rituals as well and you have your own plans and you know what to do and how you're going to execute. Okay. So I wish you a fabulous weekend. And more importantly, just have a great week and have fun with your dogs. Thanks so much for listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast with me, Julie Bacon. I am so grateful for your precious time. 
I would love it if you found me on Instagram or Facebook at The Q Coach and let me know how it's going. I also offer a monthly membership that's perfect for ongoing support of your awesome goals. Check out theqcoach.com for details or just stop by and check out the blog and other free content. And finally, be sure to share, subscribe, and leave a review as it helps us podcasters tremendously. Plus, I know I get my best podcast recommendations from friends. Thanks and have a great week with your dogs.